Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, also known as Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Abigail. And I'm Pax. For this week's Gwen update, uh, we have a few things. Uh, Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends. This is the uh, young, young children's animated show uh, that features Gwen as Ghost Spider in uh, like one of the three main roles. Uh, that's getting a season three, which is great because I didn't, I actually didn't know it had a season two, but it's getting a season three. So, well, season two hasn't even aired yet, so it got an early renewal. That's great. I mean, like again, I haven't seen any of this, but I'm just pleased that like young kids are like seeing ghost spider because in 20 years time they're going to become all the ghost spider stands right like with a show like this yeah because um, this is the perfect opportunity to introduce preschoolers you know who are like three four years old to gwen 65 although me personally if you want to get someone who's a little bit older into gwen this much sooner i'm still waiting for my tv 14 version marvel 100% that's always going to be the dream but like I'm just pleased that there is a ghost spider thing like I remember I remember somebody seeing seeing some discourse regarding like uh what does the current like longevity of the like roster of different spider characters look like like will we be reading characters like Silk or um Jessica Drew or or you know Gwen Stacy Miles and all that like cuz cuz there's a bit of a there's a bit of a spider verse moment going on right now um that's been going on for about four years or so um, and we'll likely continue with the animated films but like once they end once the whole sort of bubble ends who will be left and if Gwen gets put in stuff it gets put in stuff like this gives me hope that she'll be an outlier and hopefully go the distance because yeah there's 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 quite a few um spider heroes who have fallen by the wayside over the years and Mayday Parker is uh much lamented for having sort of almost been dropped by Marvel, which is a shame. Yeah, because I think the last thing that she's been in was Spider Get and Spider Girls. Yeah, and from what I understand, absolutely nobody uh, who is a stan of Mayday Parker has enjoyed the Spider Verse stuff that she's she's appeared in because it's been quite, um, yeah, it's been pretty it's pretty grim. Like, it's like I think the dad gets killed off, Peter Parker dad with a goatee. Uh, he he's dead, but he's brought back as the other. Yeah, with like the whole manhandling thing. I think I think a lot of people were, left a little bit like bad taste in these people's mouths. Um, <laughs> but I think it depends if um Dan Slot uh wants to touch her in End of the Spider Verse. Yeah, there is that. There's that whole thing. So um, but yeah. Anyway, to just bring it back around to my original point before I went off on a tangent there. Um, I think it's good that Gwen's getting a major role in this for like three seasons running. I think that'll just generate a nice sort of. Um, like attention for the character that like that often just gets given to Pete. Yeah, because um, I'm thinking maybe we should put Pete on the back burner for a little while if you're gonna make another new Spider show aside from a uh, freshman year because, uh, you know that's all about MCU Pete's origins. Maybe the next Spider show should be someone different, Miles or Gwen, or maybe even just a Spider Verse anthology show. I'd like that. That'd be pretty cool. We'll have to see what Marvel comes up with. Yeah, because I think their mentality is that Pete sells better. It is, and I think that sort of it's a sort of a circular logic that because the more Pizza Park stuff you make, the more people are going to come back for Pizza Park stuff. So you make more pizza. This is whole thing, and um, yeah, I don't know. Can they build their whole Spider Department off that one character? You know, do they want to? Will it be like a certain kind of fatigue that sets in after time that some people get 
But at least on the brighter side for Across the Spider-Verse, it's going to be focusing on more spiders who aren't Pete, which, by the way, there has been more casting announcements. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've got, we've got uh, Jason Schwartzman as the spot, who seems like it's going to be a big villain. Yeah, because they revealed some key art where it shows a Miles and Gwen fighting the spot. Miles tries to kick him in one of his holes, but the portal opens up to him accidentally kicking Gwen. Yeah, that was pretty rough. And I like that design because it's uh, a lot of people like drawing attention to the, like the detailing on it. It looks like he's sketched out almost, like he's not quite present in the animated reality, which would look quite interesting. Um, he's also he's like he's like a buff spot, like he's like he's a wide. It's a wide character design. Traditionally in the comics and then sometimes in the show, the spot is just a joke. Yeah, no, I hope he's not. Because like, I think especially with the kind of setting that Spider-Verse brings, he could be quite interesting. Um, there's also um, the Vulture that we see on Earth-65 has been cast as well. Uh, but it's not Earth-65's Vulture. It's a Vulture from a multiverse. It's, you know, it's, the one that Gwen's going to be fighting in the film is played by... Yorma Tacone. Yes, from um, The Lonely Island, like you work with it, Andy Samberg and stuff. Yeah, and he previously voiced the goblin in the first movie. Yeah, I hopefully this is a little bit, it gets a bit more to do with this one. Because, yeah, all um all the goblin gets to do is just fight Pete in the collider and then just die. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get a whole lot done there. And then there's, um who's the third casting? Shea Wiggum as Captain Stacy. Oh yeah, Shea Wiggum. That's a big name. He's he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, the most recent thing that I've seen Shea Wiggum in, even though that that was technically seven years ago. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how far disconnected I am. Was playing SSR Chief Roger Dooley in Agent Carter season one, which is set in the MCU. Right, right, and um, yeah, he's yeah, he's been around. He gets a lot of work done. Um, yeah, excitement across the Spider Verse is happening. Yeah, and we just got to wait a whole nother year to see it as opposed to uh, how long is October from now? Four months? Yep. It'll go by in a breeze. It'll it'll go by quickly. The way things are in the world, life's, life's moving fast. Yeah, it's going to seem like a blur when it finally comes out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so this brings us to uh, our ghost spider reading material for this week uh which is spider gwen gwen verse number three previously we've had issues numbers one and two it's been pretty good so far it's written by tim seeley has art by jody nishijima and colors by juan fernandez and um the general premise of Gwen having to deal with herself very literally. And we're going to get back into that. We're going to do a synopsis just to cover what's happened in this latest issue, uh, get everybody on the same page. Uh, we do encourage everybody to read this uh, first, though, before listening to the podcast, uh, so it's not spoiled. It's available on Comixology and at your local comic book store. We'll put some. Uh, we'll put a link in the description, which sort of links to a page which talks a little bit about um, the different Spider Gwen things you can read, but also uh, where you can buy them as well. But yeah, uh, let's let's get it. Let's get to it. All right. So on Loom World, the Gwens argue over their predicament until Ghost Spider breaks up the debate, demanding that they all listen to Spider Zero's plan. Although the Earth sixty five timeline is getting more tangled, points where they can intervene to fix it are becoming easier to find. 
Gwen Vereen asks why Ghost Spider didn't just kill all of the Gwen copies, which prompts Ghost Spider to take the whole group with her to make sure that no one goes rogue around Spider-Zero. They head to Las Vegas 1983 and find the next Gwen to extract, named Tony with an I, Stark, at a technology expo with her adoptive father Howard Stark and Norman Osborn. Back at the end of all time, Finale explains her backstory. She was a mutant with the ability to see into momentary windows into the future. She used it to find a path for herself where she could get rich as an influencer. Embittered after the death of her mother, who never got the recognition she worked so hard as a writer for, Finale looked to the superheroes who always appeared no matter what timeline she looked at, so-called living memes. Finale feels no remorse for the lives she took to clone herself, seeing as nothing is real until someone sees it. No one saw them. At the Tech Expo in 1983, Stark and Osborn present the Guardian Wear Exo Network, a high-tech suit of armor. Iron Gwen is here. Meanwhile, Black 13 and the Glam Goblin infiltrate the convention and remotely cause the suit to malfunction and shoot in the direction of the crowd. The Gwens protect the crowd, causing the two villains to reveal themselves and fight. Thor Gwen and Cap Gwen rush Black 13, only for her to throw the hammer and shield back at the two with telekinesis. Thor Gwen is knocked out, but Cap Gwen dodges, grabs Mjolnir, and knocks out Black 13. Ghost Spider tries to dispatch the Glam Goblin, but he sends out a sonic assault, stunning her symbiote. Gwen Vereen tries to get Stark and Osborn away from the fight, but Osborn freaks out on seeing her claws, reminding him of the trauma that he sustained at the fight with the Gwens when he was a boy. He transforms into a large goblin monster and knocks Gwen Vereen away and grabs Iron Gwen, running scared of Gwen Vereen. The Glam Goblin agrees to assist. The Gwens intercept the three and bring down the Glam Goblin's glider. Osborn rages once he sees that Iron Gwen shares the same face as the other heroes he associates with his trauma. He pins Iron Gwen down, damaging the armor, until Iron Gwen activates a powerful electro-blast that possibly kills Osborn. Stark sees this and blames his adoptive daughter. All the Gwens retreat back to Spider-Zero's sanctuary deflated. Considering the events that created what happened in 1983 and how they handled them, Ghost Spider laments that the damage done to Earth-65's timeline may be permanent no matter what they do. Back in 1983, watching from very far away, the Kree Supreme Intelligence concludes that Norman Osborn's transformation was the result of Skrulls engineering his DNA and that they must respond to this. In the wake of Captain Marvel's apparent death, the Supreme Intelligence commissions a new champion to be created to hunt down the Skrulls in the form of the Gwen Stacys that they observed. And this has been Spider-Gwen, Gwenverse number three. So after a month and a half of waiting, we finally got it. Yeah, this is this is the thing. I'm having to like remind myself of what's happened. Like, like I'm picking the issue up and going, oh yeah, we've had two of these. We've had two of these. And it's been like, but yeah, we've, I feel like, I like this. I like I like what they're doing here. I think it's interesting. I think um I think it's 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 trying to be a little bit deeper than maybe what it could have been. Tim Seeley's trying to Yeah, it's 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 got it's got it's got, it's got a few things going on here that I was quite enjoying. Cuz I think since this is the halfway point, you got to go deeper. That's why we got all of this. Yeah, um I think I think there's this whole thing about the uh which is a very Spider-Gwen type comic thing to to write about, which is which is this whole thing about looking for fame and recognition and and the kind of consequences that that spells for those around us like the finale's backstory in this I thought was quite interesting it seems like she might be a Gwen Stacy too and the whole thing where uh, 
when Vereen is like asking Ghost Spider, why didn't you, why didn't you just kill everybody? Because you could have done that. But Gwen's like, obviously she's not going to do that. She's like trying to extract them and like look after them. But then she's like, yeah, like there's this sort of the moral dilemma there where less damage to the timeline might be done if she did kill them outright. That was quite interesting. Yeah. And I think we also discussed in last episode like what happens when Earth 65's timeline is restored to normal. Are all of the, these variants going to disappear? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that if what Gwen 65 can do is secret them away, like in the multiverse, maybe not. I think that's maybe what they're angling towards at this point. I think I theorized um they just get uh sent to a world where that has lost their version of Gwen Stacy and the hero that she's supposed to be. Yeah, that would be I think that'd be ideal maybe way of doing it. But yeah, like to an extent, it's not a bad thing that these respective Gwens exist. It's just more that the actions they are taking are negatively affecting the timeline, but they could become a force for good. I think if they all learn their lessons, their respective different lessons that they have to learn. But when Gwen first landed in the rewritten Earth-65, superheroes were outlawed. So I'm guessing before her interference, uh, something must have happened. Remember when Captain Stacy in the robo-suit said that she violated the Marvel laws? Yeah. I'm thinking that that might have been something to do with Captain Marvel Gwen. Like, if she put them into place. Yeah, I think we're going to find out maybe what things are going to look like. Because Howard Stark's had this whole, like, breakdown, right, of what's happened. So he's going to do something wild in between this and the next one. And there's obviously whatever Captain Marvel Gwen Stacy edition is going to do. So... Like you say, uh, so I, I guess I guess we're gonna maybe, maybe it's the influence of the supreme intelligence. Maybe that's what ultimately creates the like authoritarian like police state that we see uh, in the first issue. Because at the end of the uh, issue, um, the supreme intelligence said that when the time comes, Captain Marvel Gwen is going to annihilate the Earth. Yeah, that might be that might be the end of it. That might be the thing they end up having to stop and like that like also fixes the timeline at the same time. Like that might just sort of tie it together in the end. I I'd be interested to see what they do with that. So I think yeah, before we get into the um break down our actual thoughts on the issue, um there's a segment that has been absent for some amount of time that's finally been brought back in this issue. It's bad people. It's bad people. Yep, the grand return of the Stacy swear jar. Although she only cussed once in this issue, but hey, it's back, bitches. Yes. So the only cuss that she says in this issue is "wee boom to the boom to the boom." That's the electronic drum. Oh shit! Because that's when the Gwens traveled to 1983 Las Vegas to find out it's not what they were expecting. Yeah. No, I like I liked this right because. Gwen going back to the 80s and her being like thinking, oh man, I'm going to love the music here. That's to be like, like the, the, the you know, like that's the funniest thing. She's like trying to explain to them what 80s music is like. They're all pre-80s, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was funny. But yeah, no, Gwen felt like her own person here uh, in a way that I thought, I thought was quite fun. Um, yeah. And yeah, because of that cuss, that brings the total of the swear jar to $44. Yeah. $44. Yeah, no, that's... Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well here. But yeah, the swear jar is back, and I'm just hoping she gets to cuss more. Yeah, me too. Um, Should be pretty good. I think maybe if this is the kind of angle they're taking with Gwen, because I will say that, yeah, like, getting into it a bit more, that, like, 
like Gwen sixty five feels like a very um like full character here, like like with somebody who's got a lot of thoughts about things and and stuff. Um yeah, which was nice. It was nice. So with uh Gwen sixty five here, don't you think it's um yet again she's still a little bit self loathing because remember at the very beginning of the issue, she says that she can't stand the sound of her own voice. No, she can't. I, I think there is that sort of element of it. It's a good, like, sort of, like, she, she's, yeah, she just doesn't really like any of the other Gwens. And I think maybe the moment we're missing or, or the moment that we're going to get eventually is maybe where Gwen 65 is able to just kind of accept them and sort of reconcile, reconcile herself with them a bit. There is an element of that. Yeah, and because it was teased that um, the entirety of Gwenverse, it's all about Gwen having to learn how to grow up. Although, how much growing up does she need to do? I feel like there's there's a, there's a lot of comics worth left of growing up for Gwen, even with this. But it's very much like there's a very reckless sort of way that she's she's sort of throwing herself into a lot of these situations, and she's not dealing with her other alternate selves in a way that feels very mature i guess at this point and i think that will be the thing which changes first before the others are able to learn their lessons it will be gwen learning to accept them yeah i think it was because um all of these aspects of gwen that have been split i'm thinking that these are the ones that she's probably like not fond or embarrassed about because so far thor gwen is her ego uh captain america is her idolization and gwen vereen is her anger yeah um, it, it's yeah i, I guess it's kind of how it's working out there, there's the iron gwen being her nerdiness i wasn't sure about that no that was because um uh the iron gwen armor she mentioned that uh, it was named after an old anime and then she said that that's uh representing the nerdy side of her yeah, I was a little bit, I will say I was a little bit underwhelmed by the amount of Iron Gwen that we got, given this was her issue. She doesn't get a lot of speaking space. Stuff kind of just happens to her in this issue. But what made me confused is that um, before she was adopted by Howard, was her name already Tony? Because she mentioned like right near the end that she used to be nothing when her dad cop died. I mean, maybe it's possible that, like, the Captain Stacy to her, like, named her Tony with an I, and that's her name. That That's a possibility. And that she kept her last name after being adopted, because usually when you're adopted, you take on your adoptive parent's last name. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a name recognition thing. Either that, or maybe she wanted to distance herself from Howard, because I think you know, knowing six one six Howard, what he was like during Tony's childhood. Yeah, he wasn't a great guy, was he? No, but I think uh, this version of Howard, maybe he's probably a little bit better than six one six Howard, because uh, it's been mentioned that this Howard always takes Tony's ideas over Norman's. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I to- um Howard doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's a nice guy in this. Obviously, he's not, like, dealing with the devil like he does in 616, but um, he's very much, like... Like, there are two different occasions where he just, like, randomly blames somebody for something which isn't their fault. Like, he blames Norman initially for the weapons malfunction, which it wasn't Norman's fault. And then later on, uh, he's like, Tony, what did you do? You've ruined us. I gave you everything, and you threw it away like literally like without having any context as to what's happened he's just jumped to that and i don't yeah i don't get the impression that he's 
being very fair on the people around him. He's just looking to place blame in this in a way, which is really strange. Yeah, I think that's what Howard 616 was like, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say this at a baseline level. He is still a CEO. Um, and with that comes a very high level of evil, like, that's inescapable. <laughs> so now what you can do about that, really. Remember when you were worried about how Iron Gwen um, was going to be a CEO, but it just turns out that she's just partner? Yeah, um, it seems like she's, yeah, she's more of like, yeah, she doesn't seem like she's managing the company like the other two are maybe, which is, you know, I mean, guess makes sense. But yeah, I mean, that's speculative. But yeah, I, I yeah, she's very much like, she's very tech oriented in a way that like Gwen 65 rarely is uh, compared to other Gwens. Because Gwen 65 isn't scientific. She admitted that herself during the life of Gwen Stacy when uh, she told Gwen 617, like after asking about quantum physics, she's like, beats me, I'm a musician. Yeah, and I and I think I mean that's always been my perception of it that the time that like Gwen six one six spends becoming very sciency and very intelligent, um, like book smart wise at least, uh, was time that Gwen sixty five spent working on uh, her music skills and becoming a musician and an artist, and that's like one of like the key differences that you can draw between those two characters. But this is like obviously this is a this is a Gwen who's who's very tech oriented, who's very like who maybe did spend that time um, working on, on science and stuff, but like under the guiding hand of Howard Stark. So it's, so this is how she's turned out really. And I'm just also wondering if, uh, if there happens to be an Arno Stark in this reality too, because um, this Tony and 616 Tony were both adopted because, you know, Arno was sick and had to be put away in hospice, but Howard and Maria wanted a healthy baby to be their heir and have a public child so they just decided to adopt tony stark family is so messed up oh my goodness yeah um, i don't i don't know if they'll go into that level of depth with it because they they haven't yeah they haven't given her a lot of speaking roles so far i think the most revealing thing that iron gwen actually says here is is just is that whole thing where um she speaks very disparagingly of her pre-stark life of her like pre before becoming famous like i became something is how she speaks about being adopted and um she views like this whole job that she's got with osborne and stark with a lot of like a lot, a lot of it tributes it with a lot of value right like she she enjoys that sort of fame i guess i think that's the uh, part of her that's you know a part exhibitionist yeah yeah it's that element of it which i guess it works as a baseline for a lot of a lot of the Gwen variants here that we've gotten, with maybe the exception of Gwen Vereen. I wanted to uh, say something interesting that I saw is that on the variant cover for this issue where it shows uh, Iron Gwen's design variant, when it shows her underneath the armor, there seems to be an arc reactor on her shirt or underneath her shirt. I'm not sure if it's because if it's a design or if she really ha- does have an arc reactor on her chest. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting to see if that is the case. Because that would mean that, like, what, she got nearly blown up in, like, uh, what war would have been around 1983? Um, or it could have just been a lab experiment gone wrong. Maybe. I Honestly, like, even if there is, like, a war where people are sustaining those kinds of injuries, I would be surprised if Tony with an eye here is uh, involved with any of them. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see if the art character is built in. Because I've always found that's, that's pretty interesting. But it seems like that her armor, I kind of also noticed that it looks strikingly similar or at least takes some design aspects from Ultimate Iron Man just because of the uh, silver slash white and that she really wanted the initials to spell out Gwen. Yeah, what are the, what, what, where are the Gwen initials? Where am I missing those? Uh, Guardianware Exo Network. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, that makes sense. And that's why uh, Iron Gwen represents Gwen's nerdiness is because Tony named the armor after an old anime. Yeah, is that an actual anime? That's a thing, or that like? Like, I think maybe it's the um the uh, Earth sixty five equivalent to um I'm thinking Gundams. Yeah, that makes sense. I I'm not sure if this was a subconscious act by Tony for naming the armor Gwen. Yeah, that'd be uh yeah. I mean that would that would make sense i think but yeah I, th- I didn't notice that on first read that's that's quite funny it's just like how in the mcu is you know since uh shield stands for strategic homeland intervention enforcement and logistics division and then colson just said that someone really wanted the initials to spell out shield yeah no it's um yeah no i mean if you want something to spell out something hard enough you can you can find a way but then, you know, when you do try to uh, name something, sometimes there are names to avoid. For example, there's um, a law school out there in the U.S. whose initials are ass law. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I, yeah, it's one of those things to look out for. But yeah, um, Gwen was on it here. Well, Tony was on it rather. Yeah, I think this is just to um, represent also because, you know, Tony, well, 616 Tony is also a little bit of an eccentric. Yeah. But again, you know, there's not enough panel time for Tony here that shows if she's eccentric or not. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one to crack, actually. No, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that, like, given this was the Iron Gwen issue that we've not had very much. I'm hoping that maybe they make up for it in the next one. Probably. Because we've we we've still got a lot of the characterizations here for the other Gwens even uh, yeah. more than Iron Gwen. Yeah, I think uh, Thor Gwen here, I think once again, she's just... Uh, uh, more concerned about being worshipped properly. Yeah, so so she's she's pretty keen on that. Um, I'm yeah. surprised she got knocked out so easily, though. It's vibranium. It's the strongest metal on Earth. Yeah, she gets completely knocked out by Black Thirteen, and um, there's a really cool moment where um, Cap Gwen gets to pick up the hammer. And did you notice how the inscription on the hammer? It's the same inscription that Jane had when she wielded Mjolnir during her run. Yeah, I love that. If she be worthy, that's great. So wouldn't that mean that she, um, Thor Gwen changed the inscription when she lifted the hammer? Or uh, was the hammer hers to begin with? It's possible it never went to the Odins and in the way that we see in 616. It's one of those things. Uh, it it would have changed if it had been anything different. But yeah, no, I think the impression we get is that Thor Gwen is the only Thor within this edited Earth-65 timeline, if that makes sense. Her backstory, she didn't explain much. She, she said that she used to be a regular girl that no one paid attention to until she took the hammer. Yeah, so I guess, I guess yeah. But I mean, it says that now. Um, so it's there and it looks cool. But yeah, um, but yeah, with Cap Gwen wielding the hammer, you know, obviously that's a reference to uh, like mainstream Cap, how he's worthy of Mjolnir. Yeah. No, he is. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good call back there. Um, no, I'm glad, glad you got to do that. So, wouldn't that mean all of these Gwen variants are technically worthy of Mjolnir? I don't think 
Ghost Spider or Gwen Verena. Well, Ghost Spider snatched it away. She was able to lift it. Oh yeah. Like, back in the That's first issue. Yeah, no, you're right. Maybe the Ola. I guess we'll just find out. I guess it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if Gwen Verine could do it. That would, I'd be surprised if that was the case. What, just because her anger prevents her from doing so? Uh, she's got kind of like a murderous bent to her that's like very unique to her compared to the others, you know? But the hammer decides uh, who gets to uh, uh, lift it or not. Of course. But, you know, as expected, since uh, Cap Gwen is a woman out of time, she's perplexed by everything that she sees at the Stark Expo. Yeah, um, yeah, she doesn't, doesn't get any of it. Because yeah. um, she doesn't know what a PC game is, because she's like, PC game? Yeah, no, it's which is which is funny because the others are also all out of time, right? Like, but but yeah, Cap Gwen's got a thing for that sort of stuff. And then she was also yeah also perplexed about the armor because she also says where X. She didn't know how to pronounce it. She literally just says where, and then the letters X, and then O. That's funny. And I think there was also implication that remember when that um, Stark Expo greeted Cap Gwen saying that she must be part of Digitech's new PC game. So then that means what, what like was her likeness used for the game? There's a Cap Gwen video game being made in the 80s on Earth 65 right now. Yeah, that's pretty funny. We only got a little bit of Gwen Vereen here, but she only proves to be instrumental because she is the source of Norman's trauma. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's not. Uh, yeah, like. Uh, so because of what happened in the previous issue, where Norman got messed up in the like collateral from the fight that the Gwens were having, you know, he sees the claws again. He freaks out. But yeah, like she's so like aggressive with with them. It sort of yeah, it brings on like this trauma moment. And he's like trying to run away initially and, there. And I pointed out that, you know, sh that she's mean spirited here because she's just so full of sarcasm. Like when she proposed that um, Gwen 65 should have just killed all of them in the first place. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cold. Uh, I mean, and it's not that she doesn't necessarily have a point about trying to protect the timeline um but yeah no it's it's pretty brutal um, and then the sarcastic side of her when was when she was like four blondes of the same face aren't gonna grab everyone's attention no um it was that was pretty funny how um gwen was questioning if they just invented cosplay yeah i like that there's there's a few moments in this where it's like it becomes apparent that gwen's are inventing stuff yeah and then um but yeah both gwen vereen being mean-spirited you know uh she called howard judy garland hair yeah there's that mullet look uh, it's um, a jerry curl yeah um a jerry curl look which is i take it that's the same hair as judy garland's yeah yeah i, I thought that was that was funny yeah because i like i like that they, they do very highly stylized uh designs for each decade so far like it's all jody nishijima's work yeah but then remember when we get into the 90s uh, next issue, remember how atrocious the 90s were in fashion? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's sort of, yeah, stuff kind of goes around and comes around. Just watch some people in the next issue being drawn with lots of pouches or like biker outfits or like boob window <laughs> shirts. Yeah, the uh, the yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I was going to continue about, you know, um, Gwen Vereen being the source of Norman's trauma. Like, yeah, he completely broke down upon seeing just the single claw that she popped out. 
Yeah, he's he's yeah he's not well. He's really not well. Whatever's happened to hit to this Norman is like really messed him up, and he seems more vulnerable than than what we've seen of other Normans. And that um, kind of makes him a more sympathetic goblin because uh, he was he was an innocent person in all of this before Gwenverine showed up. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, he, he was was a more yeah, but but now it's 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 kind of different now, right? Yeah, and it seems that um sometime between the 1950s and 1983, he found a way to transform into something that's like ultimate green goblin. Yeah, I I get the impression that like he doesn't quite know what's given him those powers. Because I wrote that um I'm not sure if he's a lunatic or not because he said that after he got injured. Uh, he started seeing a goblin and fairy glamour and then like tried to steal his magic just to grow the company and then when that didn't work he ate the goblin yeah that sounds like hard as fuck but like i don't i don't know like yeah was that just norman being crazy i think something happened maybe we'll get a bit of backstory on it but the impression i get is that like he was interfacing with the scrolls somehow and he's become part scroll so if he got probed by scroll like he was probed by scrolls or like he had a scroll i don't know it's strange they were like experimenting on him but in a way where he wasn't fully aware what was yeah something like that you know yeah, because um, I think um, most Norman Osborns across the multiverse, they tend to be crazy. They they often do, and they struggle with that kind of stuff, which is a shame because, I, yeah, sometimes they don't get the full benefit of the doubt or the help that they need, because clearly Norman Osborn here would benefit. And didn't it also kind of occur to you that um, maybe Norman might have a secret jealousy of Iron Gwen because... Um, well, he told Howard that uh, he always takes her ideas over his, and uh, he blamed him for Tony's armor going haywire. And that, uh, and then when Bart turned Norman against Iron Gwen, he just attacked her. Yeah, he yeah he 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 flips so quickly because he goes from being very protective of Iron Gwen to like just just like all of his aggression and all this trauma, like it like lines up because Iron Gwen looks exactly like them. So it's, yeah, it's like, a, it's a complete switch, right? From one to protect to like, he's trying to kill her. Like he's trying to break the faceplate in and everything. It's, it's pretty rough. Yeah. And then in self-defense, Iron Gwen apparently kills Norman. Like was the death very clear? Because even though it does show that he has no longer have life in his eyes and there's a bit of blood where his mouth is and he has scars on his chest. Um, does that still qualify as being dead? I think the wide open eyes make him look pretty dead. He looks the the the, the fully lifeless looking eyes. That's what's got me. It's a bit of a mirror to how the last one ends as well. Uh, this guy just keeps getting messed up by the Gwens. And I think that kind of also traumatized Iron Gwen a little bit because, you know, that's her dad's best friend. Yeah. And then he just blamed her for everything. Yeah. Like, in a way, it could also be seen as, like, a parallel to a Gwen 65 killing Peter Parker. You know, like, a, the point of killing someone close to you, even though you didn't mean it. Yeah. It's, it's like, 
I don't know, like maybe maybe if Norman like had full perspective on what was going on, like if he was not a monster, he'd be able to deal with it more normally. But no, I think he went off the deep end once he saw Gwen Vereen and Iron Gwen side by side. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it it was a it was the worst possible moment for him to figure that out. Really, I think because his line was uh, Howard said that he'd uh, make me a suit of armor to protect me from you. Yeah, it's uh, it's dark, really. I I think that that whole bit. I felt bad for Norman, like and especially his interactions with um Glam Goblin as well. Because back in his timeline, Glam Goblin said that um his version of Norman was one of his patients. Yeah. Um it's 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 yeah like i have you read any any comics with barton hamilton in no because he's a pretty like um like older character but from what i've read uh bart actually used to be harry's psychiatrist and he wanted to get information out of harry on how to be the green goblin yeah it's it's like from what i understand he actually did become a green goblin yep and he died right and so and I and I actually I remember being confused by it at the time because I thought that's really strange. I thought Norman Osborn was alive, but he is also the Green Goblin that we saw in the Clone Conspiracy. Yep. Yeah. So um, yeah, but uh, he's he's he he clearly like idolizes. Like it's interesting because he actually goes like kind of on a tangent with this mission. He kind of idolizes Norman and like like says, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll help you out while you do this thing in the middle yeah. of the fight." Because he said that his Norman inspired him to let his freak flag fly. Yeah. It's really, it's funny that, um, but yeah, like this is, uh, yeah, I think it's really interesting. Like the, each of the like different like villains they're bumping into kind of have a different vibe and energy they're going for. And did it seem like that um, this version of Bart after not being a psychiatrist anymore, like he became a rock star? Yeah. Um, or, or, or did he just want to take some rock star influences into making his costume? Um, I, I, I think like it's, it's just like maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe like maybe maybe he wanted to be a supervillain rock star. Yeah. Maybe it's like because Gwen's had a couple of those already, right? Like yeah. Remember in the first issue, it said that his occupation was midlife crisis. Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe he was like a psychiatrist going through midlife crisis, talking to one of these like d- sort of trying to reform uh, goblin uh, villains uh, for his job and he like suddenly has the epiphany one day like yeah I can do that I can I can I can I can go I can bring back 80s glam and 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 rob banks at the same time yeah. and he becomes the glam goblin but it is fitting that he does use a, a music motif against Gwen who's also into music because you know his glider is designed after a guitar uh, he uses sonic attacks against Gwen uh, yeah it's the the sonic attacks were like that was an interesting moment that I liked how um they used the symbiote in that fight with Gwen. Um like I like this is good, right? Like I like this about the way that Tim Seeley writes these fight scenes with Gwen, is he remembers that she is a symbiote superhero, which is like and does the absolute bare minimum and makes sure that like you can see her symbiote uh in action in some of these fights and it like affects her if there's fire or whatever like like obviously he's not having to do any like cool symbiote moves or anything with it but like just just the fact that he re- he remember well this villain has music themes and and can mess with the symbiote a bit like t- so it make yeah it makes for a whole interesting moment actually knocks gwen out of that fight kind of and remember that she also says that bart isn't the first goblin that she fought because well obviously she fought harry uh she fought well in web warrior 
another version of Harry in War Zones, Norman Osborn, even though he wasn't a goblin at that time, he was just Norman Osborn. But uh, then she also said in this issue that whenever Norman Osborn is involved, things get pretty crazy. Yeah, Norman's like, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- this is true. This is yeah, definitely yeah, true. Yeah. You know, it's just like, you know, when Peter Parker gets involved, things tend to become all about him. Yeah, I've I've noticed that it's like, yeah, it's, it, these these big names, they come in and like the writer just kind of wants to give them space. But honestly, I feel like the stuff that Seeley's doing with Osborne here kind of earns it. Like, it's kind of interesting. Um, like, they don't, I don't think they have a lot of time to like go real like, like clearly like the kind of mandate that Celie's been given by editorial. Because I imagine somebody in editorial came up with the idea of Gwenverse and was like, who wants to do Gwenverse? And like Celie put his hand up and he's doing Gwenverse. And he's had to like kind of find a way to like fit a lot of characters into a very small amount of space. And sometimes it doesn't quite work with some of this multiverse stuff. Like sometimes I'll watch like Into the Spider-Verse and or or I'll read like um like Spider-Geddon, and I'll think that a lot of the characters that are in the periphery of the event, maybe not like the main three or so like characters obviously that you follow, but like the other ones that are interacting with don't feel like very deep, like they have a lot going on in their background. But I, I really do feel that like these side villains that they've come up with and like these side characters that they just kind of bump into all have their own independent personalities that feel quite different outside of like greedy henchmen archetypes right like like glam goblin clearly has a whole thing going on black 13 in this really sexy but also has a whole thing going on with 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 like her own thinking and you, and you can really th- you see how Celie's like sat down and he's like he's gone okay so this person has this backstory and i'm going to write them according to that backstory but he's not necessarily revealing it He's like giving it us to try and figure out from like offhand, off the cuff remarks rather uh, that they're making about their lives. Oh yeah, I want to circle back to uh, uh, Bart. Uh, remember when he said, said that um, you know he used to be a former psychologist, and then he asked Black Thirteen that um, if she'd be surprised to find out if many supervillains come from mental health fields. Yeah. Um... Like now that I think about it, there are some supervillains that come from mental health fields. Like, for example, like well, Bart here, Night Gwen right now. Mm-hmm. There's also um Doctor Faustus from Hydra, mm-hmm. Meteorite, who is the former Moonstone. Like she used to be a psychiatrist. Um, Harley Quinn. This is true. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of like supervillains right in the comic book medium are like a lot of them are very like loose i guess stereotypes of of mentally ill people unfortunately and sometimes that is engaged with well sometimes it's not whatever but it also means that there's a lot of i guess i guess you have a highly high chance of therapists also coming into that equation as well um which is which is how you end up here Although I think in in Night Gwen's case, it's because the goblin gas, you know, uh, altered her mind. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely done a number on her. She's not doing so well, uh, struggling a little bit. Because yeah, remember even last issue, she didn't even bat an eye to a doc cephalopod eating that villager just to get information. Yeah, it, it's uh, it was it was a whole yeah. Because yeah, Night Gwen could have just stopped him, but she didn't even care. Like she just let doc cephalopod be okay thanks for the info nom nom yeah it's it was yeah and but even that little interaction with doc cephalopod i thought was i thought was pretty funny because doc cephalopod is like revealing like he's 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 getting a little characterization where he's like 
uh, what was it? Oh, my days isn't that kitten so cute? Um, and he's like seeing this like. <laughs> And then Finale cuts him off by saying, I like you and all, but don't make me do that trope where I choke out a henchman for failing me. Yeah, I thought the whole bit was really funny. That that poor cat's going going through the ringer that that Finale keeps ranting at. Yeah, I think it's because uh, um, that cat's the only thing that's alive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. um... Oh, but um, yeah, back to Bart and... uh... Black 13, uh, does it seem like that they're the only two members so far that haven't been killed? Because Fossil and Roachman have been killed. I, I don't, they didn't, they didn't seem to die at all, did they? They were... No, Black 13 just got knocked out by the hammer and then Bart just got uh, hit by lightning. No, I'm kind of grateful for it because I like these like a bit more like i want to see more of them i like i like the, the whole bit where black 13 is like doing the thing with a watch that was nifty oh yeah because i think that's supposed to uh, represent um because she's a combination of black cat and calypso and calypso actually specializes in voodoo so that's how she was able to control iron gwen's suit yeah she's uh she's actually quite powerful i think she's she's definitely the most powerful of the like the four or five or so of these henge villains that they've had to fight um but also character design is mm, a good character design that's um yeah because if you combine voodoo with bad luck abilities uh you might want to get your affairs in order if you're gonna be her next victim yeah uh, the way they kill the gods uh by like she didn't exactly kill them she just gave them massive intestinal tumors isn't that awful though it's like oh man but yeah, it seems like that her abilities put original Black Cat to shame in terms of bad luck abilities. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's um, they they very much souped up. And did you also happen to catch that line from her saying that she's sick of people deifying these machines? Yeah, she seems very like anti-technology, like anti-science almost. Because the Calypso side of her, um, in the comics, she originated from New Orleans. All her life, she studied voodoo. Yeah. Uh, 100% yeah it's um yeah it's very interesting very cool character enjoyed that one um I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the others as well there was also that line from black 13 saying that um uh what's gonna happen if she sends the guanvengers to the gates of guinea i looked that up and it turns out that the gates of guinea are supposed to be uh like the entrance to the voodoo underworld wow okay seems like black 13 is a woman you don't want to mess with i wouldn't know no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that for sure. Um, who else have we got left today? There's only a little bit of Spider Zero. Like, I'm worried that she's st- still Karn 2.0 at this point. Yeah, I hope hope she gets more to do, like, characterization wise. Because so far, like, I'm thinking of all the stuff that Spider Zero has been. Like, she hasn't had a lot of. She's she's obviously been there, been like, aha, yes, I can save the day in that, which is very cool and fine. And she's got great character design, but like. We need more, like, we need to see her making decisions, like, making difficult choices, like the way that the Gwens have been doing. But because she's so removed from the action, she doesn't get a lot of that. Um, yeah. Also, another person, just for a little bit there, she just only shows up for two panels, and then that's it. Night Gwen, she's just there to report that Black 13 and Glam Goblin have been assigned to 1983. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how the end fight with Night Gwen's going to go, because... She cannot hold her own in a fight against any of these people. She does not have superpowers. She doesn't have super sense. She doesn't have super strength. Senses anything. All she got is her uh, her uh, psychiatrist degree. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what she could do with that. 
yeah. But I'm thinking that maybe um sending out all of the rest of the Terminal Six before sending herself into the field. Like, do you think that would be strategy on her part, just so she's uh the last person standing? Yeah, I, I see that. Uh, maybe yeah. I I don't know. I maybe she will get some kind of power buff from Finale before the end as well. I don't know. Um, but whatever happens, I'm sure they'll try and have her seem at least semi competent against them because they've uh, they've kind of hyped her up quite a bit. Well, remember last issue. Um, yeah, Night One said that Nighthawk used to uh, make her chase Bullseye in a rain soaked cape throughout DC while reciting the Pledge of Allegiance in Latin, and then she said that hunting down the Gwens is going to be so easy. Yeah, I'd, she seems so confident, so I imagine she's got something to back that up. Well, I think it's because, well, technically, well, she is a Gwen Stacy, so she's going to know how these other Gwen Stacys think. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But we do get a little bit of finale here, well, her backstory anyway, before her identity actually gets revealed. Yeah, like, her mom looks like Sarah Stacy. Like you mean Helen, Sarah? Helen, like, yeah. Like no, 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 no. There is no Sarah Stacy. What I'm saying looks a lot like Helen Stacy. I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about Sarah Stacy. Um, yeah, no. Um, she looks. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I'm, I think Finale maybe is another Gwen. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think you suggested that first, maybe, but yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because it's called Gwenverse, and then it said, you know, um, to stop a Gwen Stacy from corrupting the world. I figured that was just a villainous Gwen before thinking, oh. It was just Night Gwen being the villainous Gwen solicited. Yeah. But makes sense um, for like the ultimate final boss to be another version of Gwen. Yeah, it, it does, yeah. But Finale does have a power uh, like a power that um well, that she used to get rich seeing alternate timelines. Yeah, I I know that. Like that's gotta be a mutant thing, right? Cause sometimes mutants have that abilities, others like they're just gifted with clairvoyance. Yeah. I, I see that, but yeah, I, I'm um, I think it's a really interesting character. I'm glad we've got a bit more backstory on it now as well. But with the whole mutant thing, like we really don't know for sure because it's been mentioned that mutants manifest their abilities when when they hit puberty, but we didn't know how old Finale was in that flashback. Yeah, they also made this decision to put her in mittens as well, so you can't see whether or not her hands used to look like that. I was just assuming that you know Finale's just. Like, did we already establish between us that Finale's just wearing armor? Maybe I don't know. I think that may, that that looks like her normal face. I'm, I know you. I know you mentioned it could be a faceplate at some point in the past, but I I think that maybe that is her face somehow. Um, because I because you know she looks like a futuristic Lady Gaga. So she does. She has the vibe and this big ponytail, very pop star look. And plus, you know, her eyes are always closed, so that's why you know I'm assuming it's just armor. Maybe. Or or maybe her clairvoyance means that she doesn't have to open her eyes. I don't know. I, it's, it was a neat detail you picked up on there, actually. Her eyes are always shut. Yeah. And then, you know, she said that her whole motivation is just because she doesn't want to end up like her mom, forgotten. Yeah. No, I see that. So, what does this um classify as mommy issues? Because even though she loved her, she doesn't want to end up like her. It's very much like, yeah, I think it's very much tied into the whole... Um, her traumatic childhood, the takeaway she took away from it was that, like, if nobody acknowledges you, then the work you do doesn't have importance. Um, and she's like, she's looked to her mother, who is obviously clearly a very good and wholesome person who uh, did nothing wrong, but died in obscurity. Um, the lesson she's taken from that is that, um, 
if you're not a super, you're not going to be noticed. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of thinking she's got about it. Um, and it's very much like that's how that's even comes down to the value that she as an individual places on other people's lives is that uh, if they're not famous, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it would explain why she has sought to copy herself out across the multiverse, like uh, across Earth 65 like this, at least. And I'd like to uh, point out that that panel where it shows her seeing four alternate timelines. Um, did you notice how the first one was uh, depicting the original Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, not the ones that we're used to, but like the OG Guardians, like from the Guardians 3000. Pre-MCU. Yeah. And then the second one was, you know, obviously 2099. I don't remember what the third one was, but the fourth was Days of Future Past. Yeah. They all, they all looked... Yeah. So... Yeah, so like, so the lesson she's taken from that is that, like, I guess that she needs to be famous, like all these superheroes. And when she said that she's taking, uh, she took the path that would get her rich quick. Like, did she just look into the future of her own timeline, or do you think she just followed a formula to see um, which universe, like, did I exist in where I got rich? I think maybe it was like because because she knows her powers afford her a lot of like dumb luck. She wasn't necessarily looking for a, a career where she made money directly from her powers, because maybe maybe her powers let her do really well in any career. She just wanted a career where chance plays a large role, and with like influences, as often is a case of chance, right? Like, so where where dumb luck and and like the algorithm favoring you and all that, right? Like, didn't um, we say that she's also a singer too, or is that just what we're thinking? Uh, her, I mean, her whole get-up here, like, that whole opening act that she had in the first issue would indicate that she's a stage artist, at least of some kind, at least by now. Uh, so she's def- she's in the right. Like, so it's rather than, like, she's made... She hasn't necessarily made money from being a clairvoyant directly, but but, but by rather picking a career which uh, allows her to use her clairvoyancy most discreetly, I think is kind of what she's saying. Yeah, I think we're probably going to get more in issues four and five. Or, like, I'm calling that her identity gets revealed in the last page of next issue. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and if it turns out to be another version of Gwen, I'm calling it. Yeah, that'd be be something. Yeah, and then I think the only other person here to talk about, but very briefly, because she only has one page, is Captain Marvel Gwen. Yeah, the Captain Marvel Gwen is looks interesting. Uh, so like, yeah, uh, there is no Captain Marvel. Apparently, he's died, uh, off panel, and the Kree want to create a new one. And they've seen how cool the Gwens are, and they want to model their their Captain Marvel after them. So like, um, because I said that, um, I interpreted this as um, uh, Captain Marvel Gwen is just a Marvel clone, but um. The Kree Supreme Intelligence is just using her likeness. Yeah, makes sense. So I'm guessing that um she's not gonna have a civilian identity. She's just gonna have a Kree name. Yeah, that would yeah maybe or although yeah I mean they could give her a name still. They could just yeah I don't know they could do anything with that. Well, Marvel um, did use Walter Lawson, or if you're just paying attention to the MCU, Wendy Lawson. Yeah, I guess there is that. If she just decides to go by Gwen Dan, I'm not sure if there's going to be a Gwen Danvers. Maybe. Maybe we're going to get Gwen Danvers now. But no, I'm calling it that her Cree name is Gwen-Dolin. Yeah, that makes sense. 
But yeah, it teased that um, if Nightbird is going to get to her first before all of the other Gwens. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it sort of remains to be seen how it goes. I think this one probably has would, would be able to stand her own against the villains here the best. Like, I don't think they'll defeat Captain Marvel Gwen. <laughs> just because she can just photon blast anyone out of the way? Yeah, she has the most power level here. I think maybe obviously Thor is pretty powerful as well, I guess, but... Yeah, they never got that far, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I felt good about this issue. Uh, I felt good about the last two issues as well. Um, obviously reserving my final opinions for the for the end of the arc. But so far, this is this is going well. This is really good, and I think they've done they've done a really interesting job, and they've they've sort of created quite a dynamic set of characters here to work with. Um, yeah. In this. Yeah, and I also world. can't wait for uh, yeah issues four and five to be released, and then you know Gwen's story continuing on in end of the spider-verse and also the upcoming edge of spider-verse volume two number two that's where her story's gonna continue yeah that checks out is that our episode i think that's our episode yeah it's uh i guess i guess there's less to say about these individual issues um so we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes but um yeah i guess i sh- should i segue us out then yep okay lovely so um it might be a while until our next episode. Um, so the next issue comes out in tw- on the 20th of July, um, which is well, it's well over a month from recording uh, right now. And so uh, it's likely that we won't be able to record an episode to review it as well for a bit because of uh, holidays uh, that were taken um, IRL. Uh, so yeah, it might be a bit until the next episode, uh, unless something comes together for something different in between now and the next issue. So, uh, but yeah, that, that said, uh, do look forward to Gwenverse number four. Uh, we're going to put descriptions on where to buy and read Spider Gwen comics in, in the description. Um, it's a reading list, um, and and you know, like uh, do do. Uh, keep up with with uh, with the issues because we will do one verse number four as, as as soon as we can uh it'll just uh, it'll just be a little bit longer than what it has been for numbers one and uh two and three here so uh but yeah do listen to it uh send us your thoughts at uh gs groupies on twitter and uh email is ghostbidergroupies at gmail.com and we will uh, you know we will have your opinion on our podcast there we'll read it out and we'll uh, we'll discuss what you think um also we have a ko-fi page now so if you'd like to contribute to podcast uh service subscription costs uh for us and help uh supplement that would be very nice yes please all right thank you i've been pax and i've been abigail all right bye-bye bye, bye.